five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I'm Chris Atlight Force, the sweet, sultry voice that sometimes tilts and has TED Talks on Twitter and alliterates that in a podcast. Joined virtually by Omni at Omni Stripe and Sam at another Sam Chan. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. It's been a while since the three of us have been here. Yeah, I was listening to last week's episode and you guys have me laughing my butt off about <laughs> You're our biggest a, fan, Omni. A Mustang changing for a Mustang. So I know this is not like a a, a car podcast, right? But I'll, I'll get a little bit technical here. I, I changed an orange Mustang that did with a green Mustang that goes. So yeah, that's the short story. That's the technical explanation. Yeah, exactly. The effects and all. Yeah, I, I, that's at I, least what I mean, the orange makes it go faster, doesn't it, though? I thought so, too. That's why I got it in the first place. But then I uh, came to realize it wasn't as fast. So, oh, so green is a faster color, <laughs> like green for go? Uh, yeah, it's green for bullet. But So if I have, like, my, my RGB uh, in my PC go to green, it goes faster now. Is that that's only, only, if it's, uh, only if it's Highland green. That's the official Highland name. green. Got it. Noted. Interesting. Maybe the Vancouver Titans need to change their green to Highland Green, and they'll go faster. I don't know. Pass along those codes, yeah. But uh, no, good to have you back uh, with your new uh, Mustang. Uh, it was uh, a fun kickoff to the episode. I don't know if anyone actually reached out to you, you know, asking for uh, car pictures or or what have Not you. Really, we did. We did implore that our our <laughs> millions of listeners do just that. Uh, but no, we're not here to talk about uh, cars. No, we're here to talk about the Overwatch League. Specifically, both the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant as they look to wrap up what has been a crazy Overwatch League 2020 season. So uh, we'll get to that in the payload. Uh, we've got a little bit going on in the fray. And uh, as we always do, odds and ends that find their way into podcast lore to be forever known uh, forevermore. So, hey, let's uh, go into the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. The Vancouver Titans kicked off the final weekend of the Overwatch League season playing the uh, strongest team in the league <laughs> out of Boston. And uh, yeah, there's something that the Vancouver Titans know about the Boston Uprising because they got another three Overwatch and it wasn't even close. Yeah, like I, I kind of feel bad for Boston having to... Well, it's not just Vancouver Titans, right? Well, Almost any team they face. Yeah. It, it, I don't, like, I look at the uprising and I, I truly wonder what it is. Like, they seem to have the personnel that can can play the game well enough from time to time. Like, there's these sort of glimpses of of hope and then suddenly it just all turns away. Like, I don't know if it's a it's a coaching issue. I don't know if it's like a player synergy issue. I don't know if it's just an uprising issue because this is, again, nothing new. The uprising have had three uh, glorious seasons where they've gone uh, in one direction. So you know how, like, the Titans sometimes give up before the match is, uh, has ended and they feel, like, defeated, and you can tell from, you know, their webcams. 
That's mm-hmm. kind of how I feel the Boston have been for for this entire season almost. Every time this season, um, let's say this season I've been paying attention to it more, and you can see like <laughs> people like fusions who normally they just never like stop talking between matches when they were still up on this that stage, and they just seem to be out of it, just you know collecting the paycheck, so to speak. And yeah, it, it didn't even look close at any point. Like here, here are these guys who came up from tier two. Just about, I don't know, how long has it been? A month ago? Maybe two, somewhere in between. And it's not even close. And whenever, like, and they, they do have some talent there. Don't get me wrong. Like, Jerry can pop off some time or, or Myung Bong has uh, a good uh, place. But, hey, I'm, I'm telling you, like, Overwatch, you, you cannot carry by yourself, regardless if it's in, you know, Overwatch League or not. You can't, ju- this can't win you uh, games, so... It's really sad to see, but it never it was never close. It's kind of like Devin Booker's team. Oh, man, they they went undefeated. Don't get me started. <laughs> so it's a yeah, little bit I, different. A little bit I, different. I, I think it it reminds me a lot of not not exactly season one mayhem, but definitely the the pre Korean wave mayhem, where mm. where like you know individually, I think some of those players can continue to to have a good Overwatch career, yeah. but just together, it doesn't doesn't work. Um, and, and I think it was clear at some point they, they gave up, they gave up on the season. So, yeah. so now we're just kind of, you know, showing up to work, get your two I hours think, and get your three maps and call it a day. And I think it's more than that. I think they gave up on the organization really on Huck or whoever runs that boat anyways. So there's a, a, a lot of distrust, I think, uh, mm-hmm. going beyond, uh, the game itself. Right. It's, it's, I, I don't want to, uh, just put the players in a position that it's all their fault. I definitely think it's more not their fault, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, being a member of the weekly uprising uh, podcast, discord server, uh, one of the common themes that seems to be discussed there is the focus on sort of coaching and then sort of just above that, like the general manager. And the thought is, is that one, this group of players needs additional pieces to, to succeed. So similar to how, you know, we might talk about the Vancouver Titans, not having much depth. Well, they have Suna, but that's it. Um, the Boston uprising are sort of in a similar position themselves as far as a roster is concerned. But then from a coaching perspective, it just doesn't seem to be at least to their, uh, with their opinion, um, conducive to how this team is constructed. Uh, I, they have the benefit of having the, the parents of one of their players. Uh, so punk's dad, uh, is, is actually a, a member of the, the discord and, and often uh, chimes in. Mm-hmm. But I thought the two of you and our listeners might find this interesting. When it came down to the possibility that the Boston Uprising may have to play the Vancouver Titans again for their first playoff match, because the Vancouver Titans had the possibility of playing themselves into the position of getting to pick their opponent, Papa Punk said, anyone but the Titans, the Titans have our number. And I thought that that was amazing that someone might suggest the Vancouver Titans have anyone's number. Yes, they've three overwatched the Boston Uprising a handful of times now, but it doesn't take much for the weird version of the Vancouver Titans to show up. And Boston arguably has, again, those moments of brilliance from time to time. Anyhow, it's not going to happen. We'll get into it a little bit later as to why, but eh, I just found that kind of interesting. Who doesn't have the Uprising's number? That's what I want to know. 
Well, no, everyone does. If there's a team, however, in the league that uh, may not have it on any particular Sunday, it would have been the Vancouver Titans. Right. I guess so. Right. And that's, but that's not suggesting the Titan, like they stand a chance. The Titans are a favorite going against the uprising. It's the only team that you could arguably say the Titans should be the favorite. Yeah. But I, I look at that, that match and I think we saw the, the evolution of a Titans team, at least in the previous meta, because the meta is going to change going into the playoffs. Cause Hey, let's just have an entirely new patch, which is what they did last year and the year before that. Um, the Dalton Sombra, the mm-hmm. uh, Shockwave Ash, the Shred Orissa, the KSA Diva, um, you know, uh, Rolf going on uh, Zen uh, or Bap, dependent on where Karkar is as Brig or 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 Lucy and well. Yeah, you know, I I think we saw a Titans roster with hero picks that made sense. And we saw that for one match this weekend against the Boston Uprising. But that's where they've had the most success. They had the success against the the Atlanta Reign the week before. We've seen them actually play very well running that sort of roster out, that lineup out. Meta shift, who knows what's going to happen. But it almost occurs to me the Titans have finally reached that point where they may trend to be successful, which is perfect timing considering they may only have one more match left in their entire season. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially, you mentioned um, Dalton. Dalton has this weird knack of improving every week, and I feel like he had the same pattern with the Genji uh, meta. And suddenly, especially like these two last uh, games that you mentioned, with um, and even the one after that they lost. Like when he was on the Sombra, he was pretty decent. Obviously, he went up against one of the best uh, uh, Sombras in the league. I don't want to talk about that match yet. But uh, every time uh, that Dalton gets uh, a little bit of, of a rest between having to learn a whole new character, at least uh, uh, by playing him on you know the Overwatch League stage, Titans are looking much, much better. Shockwave going to do Shockwave things no matter what character he's put on. No- normally, it's the Sombra. She's been evading uh, the big uh, hero pool hammer for a while, so he didn't really have to adapt that much. But I find like uh, uh, Dalton's constant improvement and 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 every time that we see a good game from vancouver i'm like oh yeah this guy is actually pretty good this used to be our carry before uh shockwave uh, popped in so mm-hmm. it's pretty nice to see so with that win the vancouver titans set themselves up as we said to have that possibility of finding a way to pick their appointment going into the playoffs but How before about- we get before that, I, I just need to mention uh, that tire in, on Eichenwald that was just used to push the cart. <laughs> it was hilarious. Okay. <laughs> um, the seventh, was it the seventh tire, I guess? Fifth tire? I don't know how many tires yeah. are on the, the payload. Yeah, no. Good spacing ult. And I, actually, just on that note, we actually saw Dalton going on Junkrat when Junkrat was called for. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we're seeing this Vancouver Titans team suddenly realize there is the ability to to adapt or to um, adjust within the match. Um, whereas in the previous weeks, we continue to see them roll out the same thing over and over and over, which with the definition of insanity being doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results when they're not, thankfully the Titans have figured that out. But let's go into the next match of the weekend, which was the Toronto Defiant taking on the Dallas Fuel. Now, this match we sort of previewed as being one that we were confused about. The Toronto Defiant, the weekend previous, had played the 
San Francisco Shock and lost 3 0. It was a tough spot to be in. The Shock had lost the uh, <laughs> match before. And if there's anything we know about the San Francisco Shock, they don't take losing well. And the Toronto Defiant had to face that junker, not with the, a chip on their shoulder. But the comments after the match um, that from Broy suggesting like, hey, we're not really taking this week or next week all that seriously because literally what are we practicing to do? Uh, the postseason is going to be an entirely different meta and that makes most sense to focus on. And, you know, Sam and I sort of agreed like that might be the case though. Obviously, you know, to Sam's point, like that felt like an excuse. Yeah. Um, so neither one of us really understood how to expect that this next match would go. I feel, having watched it, that the Toronto Defiant came out to actually win. Like, it seemed that they came out with a different mindset than they did against the San Francisco Shock, which maybe leads to this whole belief that was the, you know, we lost to the Shock, but we didn't really try more an excuse. But this felt very much like a defiant match they should have won, but found a way to lose. Like Busan. They looked like the better team on Busan. Yeah. They, you know, made a few mistakes on round one. Fuel end up taking it. Defiant goes and locks things down going into round two. Uh, they take it on Mecha Base. Then we go into round three. And now the Defiant just started to make all sorts of mistakes. Like the uh, alt economy was way off. They're feeding like, again, I don't know if it was a nerves thing, if it was Dallas adjusting, um, but uh, like Ani God started to, you know, perform in a, a level that uh, made him look like a superstar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as that match continues on to Route 66, again, the Toronto Defiant had winning conditions, but just could not sort of pull things together and hold uh, similar problems. Nambani is where they finally turn things around. In fact, if it wasn't for the fuel sort of um, readjusting mid-match, I think the Defiant win that one a whole lot quicker, but then goes into Volskaya and... Dallas pushed hard and the defiant, um, I don't know. Volskaya is the Toronto defiance kryptonite. Yeah. Like there are a couple of things that I want to address here. You saying, uh, you're talking about the excuse that Baroy put up. I, I don't like that sort of talk. And I remember a lot from, you know, meat sports when, when teams are trying to ta to tank for uh, like a lower, uh, draft pick, uh, normally they say that players never try and lose a match. So I, I believe that it's the same in Overwatch League. Once you're out there and you have your keyboard and mouse, you, you're not trying to miss your shots. But you do see that they were not as prepared as they should have been, especially about, with some uh, plays that just, just have been sloppy. But about Dallas, though, I, I don't think... Um, I don't think we give them enough credit. I, I don't think they're like a, a world-class team that suddenly could beat any team or, or the Toronto Defiant in any a given day of the week. But I do think they have encountered a, a meta that really fits their uh, players and their comfort picks, kind of like uh, the Titans had um, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. And uh, the big gap that I saw in this one was uh, the synergy between Gamsu and Doha on the Sombra. So mm -hmm. we, I think we talked about it a lot when the Titans started trying playing that little uh, uh, meta where those dives, if you can 
execute them properly, you you are guaranteed to get a pick on a healer or or on any like focused uh, squishy. And I feel like Gamsu and and um, and Doha have this like lightning in a bottle sort of thing where they execute on that very very well. So that was the big catalyst, I think, that kind of tilted the scales towards uh, Dallas winning uh, these maps. Which begs the question, though. We saw Zik counter as Sombra for the Defiant, yet right. that's a role we've seen Surefour play very mm. well. Like, And I, I, I was sort of sitting back wondering <sighs> about this, thinking back to what Baroy had said. We're not really focused on these final two matches. We're focused on the postseason. Yeah. There is one instance, and you see this in meat sports, where you start playing your bench a little more to try, you know, different combinations within your lineup. Could that have been like, okay, we want to see what Zik can do, uh, as opposed to Sherfor on the Sombra? And if that's the case, okay, that makes more sense. But you know, Sherfor plays that role very, very well, and it's odd that we never saw him find his way in. To to line. In fact, you know, Toronto made zero substitutions uh, throughout those four. I mean, neither did uh, Dallas, for that matter. But that that's where then I question, like, oh, maybe they aren't trying to try different combinations because that's how you would approach that. You throw yeah. the, the roster into a blender. Uh, the the entire shore four situation is a little bit weird. I'm not going to allude to some stuff that we kind of talked about uh, off the record, but. Like he hasn't been even streaming at all recently. I think last time I saw him on Twitch was about I don't know twenty days ago playing Overwatch, and he did some I don't know Osu, and it's been really quiet on the Surefire front. I'm I'm not really sure what's going on there. I mean, yeah. still going to the the fan group meet and greets, so that's a good sign. Oh. Yeah, I well, guess. you gotta have him there, right? Yeah, but like I I, I feel like I've been kind of hinting at this one a while. I just. I don't think we're gonna ever see Surefour play for the Defiant again. I don't. I don't know. This. This is a, not a rumor. It's not spec. I guess yeah. it is speculation. It's, it's not yeah. A rumor. It's definitely speculation. If you're not justifying <laughs> it's, it. It's not a rumor. I agree um, with you on that. But one, it's yeah. just like I. I kind of want to leave it at that because like there's so many instances where Surefour's experience, Surefour's mm-hmm. player pool could have helped this team out, and they didn't. I like that they played Zick the whole game. Um, it's good to get him his his reps, mm-hmm. but you know, like we're talking about preparing for the playoffs here. You know, playoffs, playoffs. So, so you know, you gotta you gotta actually. Why not use a real game setting to to practice the intensity of a match or, or mm-hmm. you know one of the eighty other things that you can learn from a game. Yeah. Well, and again, that sort of goes to my my point as being a, it's the the answer going into the playoffs. Like, yeah, there's a variety of different factors to to consider. It's just if Baroy had not made the comments that he did, I think we actually look at this as being truly like, oh, this is the roster they're thinking that might be necessary going into the playoff meta. Like, it, it, it almost him making those comments has actually in trying to answer questions simply created more. Or maybe it's just a big brain play that we've basically not talked about how they should have won this game and never did. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> right. So, so all I'm saying is, you know, the defiant better show up in the playoffs, the targets on their back now, and, and I'm expecting greatness. Yeah. But uh, with the, Defiant losing 3-1. Ultimately, with the rest of the matches ending up as they did, uh, Defiant found themselves in the 15th spot, which is one of the most undesirable positions within the playoffs, as it means the Defiant don't get 
any choice whatsoever. They are the uh, team to be named at a later date, which again, we'll discuss uh, in a short moment. But to wrap the weekend up, the Vancouver Titans took on the Los Angeles Valiant. The Vancouver Titans looked good on Nepal for a moment. Mm-hmm. They actually looked not horrible for a moment on Eichenwald. But let's talk a little bit about what went down on Havana. So if for some reason you did not watch the Vancouver Titans play the Los Angeles Valiant, go back, watch the VOD, watch just the Havana match where the Vancouver Titans were on attack. And that moment alone will tell you how strong of a team the Vancouver Titans can be. Because they got spawn camped something horrible. They even started investing alts trying to get out of spawn and could not do so. And if it wasn't for Dreamer going like full bumper, you know, full LH Cloudy, like full on Light Force style uh, Reinhardt play, the Titans don't get even the first point. Like essentially him trying to go for, you know, crazy meme plays is what gave the Titans a shot it was just crazy and again the titans looked good on nepal it's havana that simply gutted them like completely gutted them and yes on i can the titans started to sort of look good as they kind of do and you know it's really weird the vancouver titans seem to look strong on 2cp and when it comes to hybrid, they look real good on the capture part. The problem is escort is a weakness, and then on control, the Titans historically don't look good. I mean, that just seems to be the the meta with the team, no matter who they're playing. Oh, but like I, the Vancouver Titans had a, a virtual watch party. Everyone's you know hanging out in chat, and absolutely no one's talking. No one. It was brutal. There was no energy. And comparing that to the Toronto Defiant to sort of uh, co-stream that was hosted by CarQ, chat was a constant stream. Granted, it being text makes it a whole lot easier than people actually talking. But despite the Defiant having a rough go, people were engaged. The Titans getting beat down by the Valiant, oh, it, was, it was it was tough to be part of. In fact, I would imagine that most of the people that showed up were simply glad to possibly getting getting themselves some tokens for doing so. <laughs> uh, to me, while you're right that like in appearance that Havana spawn camping was awful, but I I, I even hated Eichenwald more. There were a few moments there where it was just like, what are we doing? Um, especially the moment where they were just walking into uh, KSP, who was going nuts this entire match, walking click, into his, uh, click your head, yeah, yeah, click your head, your and head. a bunch of times. Uh, I didn't like the comps that I was seeing. Uh, a sombraless comp against a sombra comp. Guess what? You cannot really uh, counter. Uh, you know, when a widow is trying, like Shockwave's widow is trying to go up against KSP widow. You know what? What's gonna make it even harder to make it an, uh, uh, an equal ground, uh, equal fight, is a sombra that you have on another side, which is a, a, a great um, hero to harass a widow with, and uh, we didn't have that one. But even like, sorry for going back to a previous map, but in Nepal there was a moment there where uh, we didn't adapt as fast as we should have against a a uh, um, a 
was it an echo? I think yes. it was ESPN echo. Yeah. There was another point where we had like a Dalton on Ash and and Shockwave on on uh, the Widow. I'm like, why are we playing these weird compositions when when we are finally like getting this good composition clicking for us? It was kind of strange for me. Well, and, that, and it goes back to that point. Like the Boston Uprising match, we finally saw the composition that the Vancouver Titans have success with. And then they go play the Valiant and they do absolutely nothing similar. Yeah. yeah and and, and the, to give some credit to a Valiant, they're, they're looking really, really good. Uh, they they uh, use the same type of aggressive approach and they, they're not afraid to like lose a, a person or two in a sloppy fight. But they like, Turn it up to eleven, really, and 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 um, and uh, that that was probably the first, well, not the first, but one of the matches where I feel like even Shockwave couldn't uh, compare it to the opposing uh, hit scan DPS, at least uh, in in two of these maps. Well, yeah, Kevin KSP uh, had one over again had really and, and Shockwave. Like, yeah, yeah he was he good was match. Like KSA, KSF also outperformed Dalton. Uh, mm-hmm. Dreamer outperformed Shred, but in fairness to Shredlock, one of the things we've seen with the Shredlock's evolution is he's becoming more and more um, defensive or passive in his tank play. Uh, and I think that is explained by the support that he receives from the team around him. So I won't necessarily take anything away from Shredlock, but the difficulty is when you have a tank like Dreamer going WQM1 constantly (laughs) um, and then popping Q while you're still in spawn. Why? Because he can. That's not a Shredlock issue there. (laughs) And Laster was really, really good too on this uh, match. The Zen and Ana. But yeah, the scary thing on Havana, again, how much of a meme it was, is the Vancouver Titans had a winning condition to actually force it into to overtime. And the Valiant uh, decided, no, you know, no, we're we're not going to let you get that moral, you know, victory to push it. And in fairness, that's actually smart by the Valiant, because if there's the one mm-hmm. thing that the Vancouver Titans seem to miraculously be able to do is get themselves to overtime and then suddenly, like, make magic happen. So... You know, fortunately for the Valiant, Titans lose 2-0, and then Eichenwald where, yeah, if Eichenwald was 2-CP, the Titans win that hands down. Valiant finished the season with a winning record when everybody predicted them to be like a, you know, bottom. Spongebob Square Bands team? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this whole season, like, I think it's a, it's a storybook ending to this entire, I guess, regular season. Because I remember we were all sitting here talking about power rankings and other nonsense. And I, I think we were making fun of the Valiant quite a bit. Uh, you know, like, who's their roster? Who are all these people? They got all the K's and all the P's and all the S's. Um, yeah, I'm eating a little bit of humble pie right now, just reflecting since, you know, this is how it ends. They're ranked eight. And fourth in NA region. Yeah, I I mean, okay, let's take this moment looking back at our own power rankings. I mean, there's so many things that went askew. And in fairness to anyone who did power rankings, there was actually a lot that went askew uh, when it comes to how the, the season played out. Uh, Vancouver Titans specifically, though, I don't think the three of us ever for one second thought that the roster that started the season would be gone in entirety. <laughs> the place yeah, right bring it up again. Day, right? like that, I thought again. we were over this. And then we you, are. Look, <laughs> you look at the, the, the Fiant going through you know, sort of a similar evolution, though, as you know, we had 
you know, discussed with Adam. I mean, they built that roster to be a a stage roster, and obviously, we saw the the league go completely online. But no one no one would have predicted that. It's just hard. And then on top of that, yeah, teams like the the Valiant, who quite frankly were memeing themselves at the start of the <laughs> season, and they, yeah, to their credit, they did very well finishing uh, uh, where they had. But eh, is sort of what it is, I guess, at this point. But the Vancouver Titans losing meant that they did not get to pick their destiny and finished in the 18th spot, which was two above the Boston Uprising, who finished in 20, and a Washington Justice, who finished in 19. So the Houston Outlaws, who finished in the 17th spot, got to choose who they got to play, and Houston Outlaws surprised absolutely no one. And they picked the Boston Uprising, which means the Vancouver uh, Titans are going to be playing the Washington Justice uh, come playoff time, which is not this weekend. It's actually the weekend after, and it's not even the weekend that they'll be playing. They kick things off on a Thursday. We'll get into the, the playoff preview next episode. But you might be asking, well, when do the Toronto Defiant play? Good question. They actually play on the Friday against whomever. The Defiant don't get to choose. The Defiant are the team that gets chosen. So uh, at this point in time, we can't even sort of guess who would choose what because I mean, I'm going to presume the Outlaws are going to get past the uprising. Not going to say, you know, say it, but the Titans are in a fun spot. Interpret that as you uh I think Wish. that's kind of weird, though, because like the Defiant finished further than than the Titans, but then they don't get to pick their opponent while the the Titans do. I guess it's a lower bracket, well, but still, you want to build some momentum going yeah, in. I right? mean, technically, the Titans didn't get to choose. They Titans got the leftovers, right? They, it was either the Titans were going to play either the Justice or the Uprising. It was all dependent on who the Houston Outlaws chose. And there was no way the Outlaws were going to go and choose the Justice. So... Ah, decay. Anyhow, uh, but that is your regular season wrapped up. Uh, We'll talk about the rest of the league over in the fray, but before we get to it, let's talk a little bit more about what's going on in the world of the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. This past weekend, we saw both teams try to embrace their fans in a variety of different ways. Let's talk a little bit about what the Toronto Defiant did first. They had what they called their Fan Appreciation Weekend, and they uh, had this with their newest sponsor, Toronto Dominion Bank, and they had a variety of events. They had a contest where they gave away uh, Roots, uh, exclusive Roots clothing, Roots GCs, Skip the Dishes GCs. Uh, They had a coloring contest, which is actually kind of neat, where you engage the the artistic side of the community. Uh, They had a meet and greet, which... I think it essentially sold out. And I mean, it was free, but you had to sign up in like five minutes. So that was pretty cool. I know a friend of the show, Katrina, her kids got to to meet the Defiant uh, and they spoke very highly of it, how it was run. Uh, They had a tournament which was uh, coordinated by the uh, Toronto Alpha Flight, the supporters group. And frankly, it was a really well uh, run tournament. Uh, it was a hero gauntlet, which, uh, as TMRSP learned, there are some really good players when it comes to multiple heroes within the game. A lot of good kill stealers too, which is the one, one drawbacks about uh, hero gauntlet. The number of assists that I had in one of my matches, uh, was triple the number of kills, not to suggest that I would have done any better. Uh, cause you know, I run into McCree and I'm no good at that. 
sucks when he's the starting hero, but the fact that it went off without any real hitch and then provided eight different people within the community an opportunity to win some money uh, was pretty cool. Lots of good times had by all. I was telling dad jokes in chat, which apparently uh, many were impressed by. (laughs) And then we had uh, the uh, culmination of the weekend uh, with the uh, watch party with Carq. Actually, I guess that would have been on the Saturday. The Hero Gauntlet was on the Sunday. Uh, but again, all sorts of different activities to to embrace the community. Vancouver Titans, they had a, a virtual watch party where everyone jumped into Titans Cord and uh, hung out. Uh, you know, credit to, to Sam, uh, who uh, was there, you know, chatting things up. I think Tristan was there, a few others from the, the Titans side. But as far as sort of conversation goes, it is very passive. It is not um, as uh, engaging as what I've seen from the Toronto Defiant, uh, truth be told. And then the Vancouver Titans Titans takedown tourney is still ongoing. And this weekend they had out of four possible spots to qualify only one team, which is unfortunate because that means there were three opportunities for you and five friends to qualify for the tourney simply by putting together a team and checking it. So I would encourage you if you are interested in uh, getting a shot at an opportunity to play the Vancouver Titans, win some money, win some prizes is to sign up. Uh, There are still a few more weekends to go uh, and maybe just maybe you might match up against team RSP and team RSP is a powerhouse. They are the true, you know, next level team. That's going to go and uh, win it all. Right. Uh, Silence. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you know, in my show notes here, I said defiant fan appreciation weekend Titans fan dot, 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 uh, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Like if there was ever a, you know, set of opposing experiences, the Defiant and the Titans are it. And it's difficult. Like when we look at this as a community perspective across the entire country, that one team gets it, one team does not. And it, it, it's frustrating because I, I know we here at RSP have provided ideas to the Vancouver Titans as to what they can do to be more engaging with their community, to embrace you as their fans. We know there are some of you out there as well who have been vocal and tried to share your ideas. And the Vancouver Titans are really good at saying, oh, we hear you. The problem is they're very poor at actually demonstrating they hear what's being said and in translating that into action. I will give them a pass that the pandemic has obviously changed how their scope of Uh, events would occur, but that same issue impacted the Toronto Defiant and the Defiant had figured out not only how to run a fan appreciation weekend over the course of four days, have a variety of sponsorship activations with some top tier sponsors, but they've even had players show up at fans houses with care packages. Like this is crazy that a team like this could do something in a pandemic Yet, for some reason or another, their cousins across the country cannot. So if the Vancouver Titans are listening to this point of the podcast, I urge you to do something you may or may not have already done. You pick up that thing called a phone, you dial the Toronto Defiant phone number, and you say, hey, can you help us out? It's the most Canadian thing you can do. And I bet you the Toronto Defiant would would look to do the Vancouver Titans a solid because if there's one thing that 
that I have learned from the defined as an organization. It's one thing I think we at TMRSP have learned in our conversations with Adam and especially when he joined the podcast. I mean, they want the Canadian Overwatch scene to evolve because it's good for them. But they're not going to wait for a team like the Vancouver Titans. They're going to do it themselves. And we as a podcast, I am simply happy that we're looking at this as a coast-to-coast experience because at the end of the day, it's about you, the community, the fans. It's most important. And what we can do to, to help move the Overwatch scene in Canada forward is what's most important. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. And, uh, you know, if you want to read more, there is a another one of those uh, patented Light Force TED Talks on Twitter at RSP, or Ready, Set, Pwn. But yeah, I don't know what else to, can be said about that. Yeah, I think you said it all. Yeah, I'm looking up more words in the dictionary to follow up on that. <laughs> uh, what is it, a monologue? Soliloquy? I'm trying to pretend I went to poetry class. Yeah. Uh, it would be a monologue if it was me up on the stage talking all on my own, telling wearing a Wearing a dress. Yes, totally wearing a dress. I'm wearing a dress right now. Um, one final thing before we do take a break and go into the fray, and I don't know if many of you, our listeners, have seen it, but the Toronto Defy and one of their sponsors, Canon Canada, they have created what they call the Canon Creator Lab. And it's a really neat space. Essentially, it's a, a walled-off sort of room within the uh, overactive media Toronto Defiant offices. And they've got it set up for content creators. So they've got like three monitors. They've got a Canon camera set up. They've got the, the microphone gear, mixer, um, all sorts of uh, stuff set up so that you can stream from uh, from the Creator Lab. Uh, you could podcast from it. I mean, I'm jealous. I mean, the three of us are here on the West Coast, and I don't imagine that we'll be traveling to Toronto ourselves in the relative near future. I'm not all that eager to get on a plane myself. I don't know about the two of you, uh, but uh, having access to that is phenomenal. Like, if you're in Toronto and you're a content creator, I would strongly encourage you to 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 connect with the Defiant and see if you can check that space out and potentially put it to use. Uh, maybe you, you're an up and coming Canadian Overwatch League streamer. Maybe you're looking to create a podcast or, or do a VOD review. The Canon Creator Lab, uh, I think is a phenomenal step. I love that Toronto is, is looking to, to, to provide an opportunity to like, like this to its, its community. Um, I actually don't know of any other team in the league that's done something similar. I can't say I've seen, anything like this. So it's definitely unique. And it's not to suggest there's not other spaces around, you know, the country or on the continent. Like I know specifically here in Vancouver at the Vancouver public library, they have spaces set up that you can book to record audio, record video, live stream. Uh, the catch you have to physically be a resident of the city of Vancouver, not the metro area like the three of us are. Uh, it's booked well in advance. And right now with the pandemic, it's closed. So now it makes it difficult, but it's also not structured for for esports. Like you can't go and stream your Overwatch League play in this uh, this uh, inspiration lab in Vancouver because the gear just won't support it. It is truly meant to create video and audio content alone. But uh, I can assure you, if any of us go out uh, that way, you can probably uh, check us out uh, watching Omni stream top tier Overwatch League play. Uh, <laughs> Sam playing Valorant, or or myself just uh, listening to the sound of my own voice. Hmm. But we'll take ourselves a quick break and uh, dive into the fray.
Let's rattle through the week, and that was. So in our final weekend of the Overwatch League season, as we already know, the Vancouver Titans 3 Overwatch, the Boston Uprising, to kick things off on Friday, followed by the Florida Mayhem beating the LA Gladiators 3-1. Saturday, in the wee hours of the morning, the Hangzhou Spark beat the Seoul Dynasty 3-0, and the New York Excelsior beat the London Spitfire 3-1. Washington Justice had the misfortune of playing the San Francisco Shock Saturday at noon, and uh, the San Francisco Shock made sure to beat them 3-0. We already talked about the Toronto Defiant losing to the Dallas Fuel 3-1, and we saw the LA Gladiators beat the Atlanta Reign 3-1 followed by the LA Valiant beating the Vancouver Titans 3-0. And then on Sunday, we had the Seoul Dynasty beat the uh, London Spitfire 3-2, the Paris Eternal beat the Dallas Fuel 3-1, the San Francisco Shock beat the Atlanta Reign in a match closer than anyone would have ever expected 3-2, and the LA Gladiators beat the LA Valiant 3-2 in uh, the final Battle of LA for the season. So what does that have all of the teams uh, place out at? Well, uh, we already knew that the Philadelphia Fusion had locked the number one seed in NA. Shanghai Dragons locked the number one seed in Asia. Um, But it trickles down from there. Now, as far as the playoffs are concerned, the first four teams that are going to be up are in NA. You've got the uh, Outlaws taking on the Boston Uprising, the Vancouver Titans taking on the uh, Washington Justice. Uh, And uh, from there, subsequently, the playoffs will play over the course of four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, not next week, the week after. And then the following uh, weekend, again, which I believe at the top of my head is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, at which point things will be sorted out. Teams will then eventually get themselves together and we'll have four teams go to Asia, which I believe will be Korea based on some of the tweets from uh, Overwatch League personnel. Um, State secrets. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we're finding ourselves. uh, I'm going (laughs) to guess it's going to be South Korea. Okay. I mean, maybe, maybe it's like a Korean unification event brought to you by the Overwatch League. That would be like next level stuff. And Coca-Cola powered by Xfinity and T-Mobile. You think they're going to take some deets nuts? (laughs) I still can't believe that's a real company. Hey man, you got You got to check out deets nuts. Don't even know where to buy them. But uh, yeah, that is the Overwatch League season. I, I Sam and I didn't really go and suggest there were any matches to watch, and quite frankly, it was difficult because sort of how the season was, sort of trickled out. There were there was going to be a new meta. There were teams that had already said that they don't really care. Um, our investment was within the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. Really, only the Titans had something to play for. The Defiant were sort of stuck in the position that they were, unless all sorts of other dominoes had fallen a variety of different ways. It's also the last weekend where a hero pool would be in effect. And going into the playoffs, what we do know is that uh, there will be no hero pools. And oh, by the way, an entirely new meta because a the current patch will be the patch for the playoffs. So yeah, them be things. Any questions? Just let's get started. So what are we supposed to watch this weekend? Uh, Boston, obviously, playing against the Houston Outlaws. Well, but that's the thing. That's not this weekend. Next, that's weekend. next weekend. See, you got you fooled. Yeah. There's like, what are we doing this weekend? I guess playing Overwatch. I'm just going to play Flight Simulator. What? Oh, join, I, okay. join the tourney. 
<laughs> again, which we're not allowed to do. Um, the uh, speed of flight simulator. I can't get my plane off the ground. There's far too many controls. It's too oh, realistic there's a for tutorial me. for that. What, who plays tutorials the, in this day and age? If they, um, if he wanted to read a manual to drive a plane, he'd drive a real plane. Yeah, he just wants to fly a plane without without a tutorial, even. Yeah, um, I've been playing Fall Great Guys, idea. a lot of Fall Guys. That game is don't, so frustrating yet so fun. You don't need a tutorial for that. No, not no, at all. You just die. Well, so it's kind of <laughs> like Flight Simulator. You fall there too, and then you. Yeah, but you know, I, at least in, in Fall Guys, <laughs> I can get moving. In Flight Simulator, the game keeps telling me I have to turn off my brake, and I'm like, I don't have a brake button on my keyboard. I do. It says uh, pause brake, but that's not play it. Play it with a controller. It's it's really worth the investment. It's amazing. What like a flight, a full on flight controller? No, 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 no. Like an Xbox that? or a PS3 would be sufficient. Okay, well, I've got my Xbox controller here because that's yeah, be much better than a keyboard. Like you would still use your keyboards and sometimes, and they have like tooltips when you need them, but. But it's perfectly playable on a Xbox 360 controller. Yeah, hmm. I've I've never understood the allure of Flight Simulator. So it's not so much a game as it is like you simulating driving. Yeah, a flight it's, plane, it's, right? the, it's the experience. It's okay. it's yeah. I, I've always wanted to play it, even when I was uh, a bit younger. But they were really not as accessible as this one here, and uh, the, the graphics are obviously everybody knows yeah. by now looks stunning to me though i think it's the best thing out there to uh, be accompanied by a podcast or an audiobook it's just really really fun to interesting yeah, get up in the air and uh, get some uh, listening done interesting with that brief interlude over playing Microsoft Flight Simulator Fall <laughs> Guys or possibly in the Titans Takedown Tournament, uh, a couple other uh, quick notes. Uh, the Overwatch League has released uh, graphic fan packs, wallpaper backgrounds, and, and what have you uh, for all of the different uh, teams. Um, they're okay. I actually thought last year's graphics were better, quite frankly. but I was so annoyed with it, but not what you think it's because like when you like accidentally tap any of the teams it auto downloads like a zip file yeah it doesn't show you there's no preview yeah so so like i thought it was like a virus or something so i was so annoyed i refused <laughs> to unzip it mm. uh, well you, maybe, at least you're maybe playing... it was and maybe that's why we had some issues with the website there's a, there's a grandpa sam trying to figure out yeah. the internet here <laughs> So what you're telling me, Sam, is the reason that the uh, Ready Set Pwn uh, website uh, had some uh, some troubles uh, is that uh, you downloaded a zip file from the Overwatch League website. That's pretty much it, and <laughs> and also somebody said they'd give me like ten million dollars if I just replied yeah. with my with my Ready Set Pwn email. My first tip would be to uninstall those fifteen toolbars you have uh, on your uh, browser. How else is he going to search on Alta Vista? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, eight of them are Vanguard, so you know. Remember Bonzi Buddy? Oh <laughs> man! <laughs> oh, this is what happens yeah, when the, the Overwatch League season you know gets to the dog days, huh? <laughs> Super dog days. The other uh, Overwatch-related note is the experimental card has been updated. So gone is the Moira, you know, rework, pretend we don't know what we're doing. We don't like it, but here, why don't you try it? Which is what it is. Uh, there's a lot of power creep changes. Um, it's, it's interesting that 
the Overwatch, and the, so if you go into experimental card, it's actually designed for the two two two. So that that's they actually says designed for two 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 is that they're making these sort of experimental card changes now when their top tier competitive scene is not going to. I mean, I presume wouldn't have an opportunity to see any of these changes. Like it's definitely you know something that only us as as fans would have access to if it, any of it were to to trickle in. But you have things like you know Anna's ammo uh, being reduced. Uh, Baptiste is his alt heal and will no longer heal his team as well, but it also amplifies what he gets out of it, which at least provides maybe a little more utility for, for that self heal with, with Baptiste, but less utility outside of his, his primary heal for his team. Um, trying to think off the top of my head, the few of the other changes, but it's quite comprehensive. Like there are a variety of damage heroes, support heroes that are, are getting tweaked. Um, Hogs hooks being reverted back to 1.0. <laughs> no, no one wants to see that. Look, I can hook people through the wall. <laughs> it was incredible time. All I had to do is get that hook anywhere near your hitbox, and it didn't matter what environmental factors were between me and you by the time it got to you halfway across the map yeah, inside your own spawn. Pulls out of spawn, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was so brutal. Uh, but uh, check it out. Uh, let us know your thoughts. And again, maybe we'll see. Because this this experimental card in my mind has more opportunity to find its way into production than these Moira reworks that they continue to, to pump out our way. So here we are at the end of another podcast episode. One where we had a whole lot of fun talking about Flight Sim and Fall Guys in the fray, which is not what you would expect it. Also had me get onto my soapbox once again. But hey, you know, what is a podcast episode without Light Force going full tilt, right? But uh, what final words of wisdom do you have to share with all of our listeners there, boys? Dark Highland Green is faster and louder than Orange Fury. Noted. Have you sent that email to the the Vancouver Titans? And you know, I don't know if the no, this, Toronto this is my Defiant form of reaching out. I'm not colors. writing any emails. This is my way of reaching out. I have to change my email password, but I forgot what I changed it to. So uh, do it through the toolbar. <laughs> You're still using Netscape Navigator, right, Sam? Uh no, IE six. Mm, even more secure. Uh, but uh, what final words of wisdom do you have there, Samuel? Well, as we just experienced here in an inside joke, nobody will understand. Don't worry if your podcast gets disconnected. You can just record the whole thing again. But who does the post-production here? Not me. Some guy on Fiverr, right? <laughs> I, I wish. I wish it was some guy on Fiverr. I should look that up. See if some some guy on Fiverr for an actual Fiverr would do this post-production. This is why we need more patrons, you guys. Oh, it's um, completely going off the rails now. I, have you ever gone to Fiverr and noticed there are very few things that people will do for a Fiverr? Like the concept being like for five bucks, people will do things like it's like, oh, I'll do graphic design starting at five bucks. And you go and see what do they do at five bucks? Here is a clip art I pulled out of office. Wait, yeah. people are getting paid for like creating logos and stuff for the podcast. Well, not this podcast. Not me. Because <laughs> we can't afford the Fiverr. Yeah. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter how many R's you put in the name. Uh, like, but that it, it's like the dollar store, right? Like you go into the dollar store, there's nothing there for a dollar. And Everything you question, and you should never buy anything edible for a dollar at the dollar store if you can avoid it. Just that's a good tip for sour you. Sour candy you can get for a dollar. I don't know, man. 
Is it got like <laughs> maltitol in it or or whatever it is? I, I I don't know. I just I can't explain it. I just like, I've had some bad experiences there with with dollar store candy. I I you know spring for the dollar twenty nine at Superstore instead. You know, it's not a buffet, right? <laughs> <laughs> I okay it's not a dollar store but there used to be this convenience store uh near my uh, house when I lived with my folks that had a box of shreddies that was advertising I think it was like the 1984 Olympics I can assure you that when I was going in there in the 90s that I don't think those <laughs> shreddies were any good anymore see that's that's what I'm telling you about like it, it just makes you wonder where they get their stuff well, obviously, they, that convenience store must have been shopping at the dollar store from the sounds of things. Huh? Oh, man, this podcast has completely gone off the rails. This is phenomenal. Um, if you've made it to this point without unsubscribing, thank you. And if you've made it to this point and would like to subscribe, even more appreciation to that, because holy smokes, did we throw this one uh, askew uh but uh, if there is one thing again that you've made to this point that you could do for us is go and share news of what it is that we talk about uh, with others it can be you know jumping into the vancouver titans discord or the toronto defiant discord or any other discord that might follow a team if there was something that we said about a particular team or about a particular instance you found funny that you found completely thought-provoking that you thought would cause others to potentially tilt and they need to come and set us uh, correct in our ways, please do that. Um, if you were to say, hey, I'd like, to, I'd like a snippet of your podcast that I could go and share with others, let me know what it is and I would be willing within reason to try to, to help you out. I mean, it's good for us, obviously, from a promotional perspective and you being our listeners and being our evangelists out there when it comes to podcast promotion. Uh, but second of all, you know, let's look to grow this community even bigger than it is today. Um, the Overwatch League is going to be around, we think, for at least one more season and possibly more than that. And I would love for us as a podcast to be not only known as that Canadian Overwatch League podcast that has listeners around the world that follow the two teams in Canada, the Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant, but to be considered one of the top tier Overwatch League related podcasts within the scene. I think I mentioned this on a previous episode, but if there's a badge of honor is that if you search Vancouver Titans podcast or you search Toronto Defiant podcast, we are the top result in Google. You don't get there because I go and I tweet stuff or I go and create a website. It, we get there because it's you who are actually talking about us, the different voices where we're linked to you know, other, uh, you know, thought leaders within the space. And if you search for Overwatch League podcast, last time I checked, RSP was on the first page of results. Again, that's not us that makes that happen. All we do is we provide the content. It's you, our listeners, who help share that, that information and that message. And the more that you can do that for us, the more you know, appreciative we'll be. And we are already extremely appreciative of everything that you do to empower us. And that goes to, again, all of our patrons. All of those who join uh, Ready, Set, Pwn Discord, which if you haven't done so already, it's discord.io slash Ready, Set, Pwn. Uh, everyone who talks to us on Twitter, engages with us uh, when we're live streaming. Again, that's the stuff that uh, you know continues to motivate me to produce more. And I can assure you, there are some dark days when it comes to following uh, the teams that we do that I kind of wonder, like, why do I do this? It's not them. It's you. So... Thank you. Plus, it's also Sam and Omni. I got to, you know, keep them busy. You can see what type of hijinks these two get into. What? 
I'm hiring a guy on Fiverr to replace (laughs) me for next week. That would be awesome. (laughs) It'll cost you more than five bucks though. Uh, but on behalf of Sam at another Sam channel, myself, Chris at Light Forest and Omni at Omni Strife, I'm going to sign this magical episode off with those magical two words Hatchrays. Thank you.